Hello, Texans, and welcome into the building, NRG Stadium, right across the hall from the locker room here in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. It is Texans All Access, and I'm Mark Vandermeer with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle tonight. And the Texans getting ready to face the Raiders at NRG Stadium with a special 325 kickoff on Sunday. Don't forget about that. If it says noon on your ticket, ignore it. It's a 325 kick for Texans, Raiders, and the first time playing the Raiders in Houston in a long time. And the first time Derek Carr plays in Houston since maybe the mascot bowl. At NRG Stadium, anyway. He played for Clements High School, of course. General, how you doing? Well, I was upset that that game was moved because of the... World Series. Yeah. Ooh, but but it, oh, the gosh. way the Astros are playing, it may be a moot point. Yikes. But having that 325 start and a 7 p.m. start, I hope they're still in it. Mm-hmm. Then I'll be in a press box and I'll have the TV over me, one on the Sunday night game and the other on the Astros game, and and uh, watch both of them. Mark Texans ought to win this game. It's amazing to me the Raiders went to Indy and beat up the Colts. Well, then they go to London and they beat up the Baz. Then they come back and get pummeled by the Packers at Lambeau Field. But that game got out of hand late in the first half, early in the third quarter. There's no but. I mean, it got out of hand. The Raiders were kind of in it. They were about to score to take the lead late in the first half when Derek Carr fumbled at the goal line, reaching for the pylon with the football, and then the avalanche started with Green Bay. And who knows how things might have played out. Probably Green Bay still wins anyway. But, John, why were the Raiders able to do that to the Colts a few weeks ago? That is impressive, considering we just saw the Texans go up there and come up short. Unlike the Texans, they ran the ball very well. Josh Jacobs, their rookie from Alabama, one of their three first-round picks, he has three consecutive games, beginning with that one, in which he's rushed for at least 120 yards. I have a column going for Friday that we all thought without Jadeveon Clowney the run defense would suffer, but right now it's better than it was this time last year, and it was really good last year. And, of course, Whitney Merciless is playing a lot better right now than Clowney is, so they haven't really missed Clowney. Mm-hmm. People go, yeah, but if they had Clowney rushing the passer and stopping a run along with Watt and Merciless, well, you wouldn't have Whitney doing the same things because he was out of position. So I think they will – contain Josh Jacobs and break, right. break that streak. He leads all rookie runners and carries yards and touchdowns. And I think they will stop him. It'll come down to Carr and Watson. Their run defense is great. Imagine what this would be like. They've gone three games without giving up a sack. Texans have never done that in franchise history. So their run defense is great, too. So I think the run is going to be contained on both sides. It'll come down to Watson and Carr. I would never bet against Deshaun Watson at Energy Stadium. Carr completes a high percentage of his passes, well over 70%. And I think that's the kind of thing that could hurt this team if they don't solve what ailed them last week against the Colts with those crossing patterns. And it wasn't like Brissett was torching you deep downfield. You're hitting the man 10, 15 yards downfield and making these kinds of plays. I think Carr's capable of doing what Brissett did last week in large part, and that does concern me. But I also like the fact that they have a week to get ready for that kind of game plan, and we'll see what else the Raiders cook up. Zach Pascal. Yeah, over Zach 100. Pascal. Yeah, him. Household name. Two touchdowns and over 100 yards. He told James Palmer of NFL Network they were more open against the Texans secondary than they were in practice against the, the uh, scout team. Scout team knew what was coming. And that's not, not fair. That's not good, but it's yeah. because of injuries. And I asked O'Brien this week, I said, we've got to get better. I said, how do you get better in secondary when you don't have a lot of guys available? Deshaun Gibson 
his strength is going against tight ends. Mm-hmm. They got this tight end who we all saw on uh, uh, Hard Knocks. A uh, guy former had addiction problems. What's his kid's name? I forgot. Waller. Waller. And Darren Waller. And he's 6'6", 260. He has 44 catches. They don't have anybody else with 20 catches. Yep. They don't have the balance and the versatility that the Texans have. So Gibson would be covering him, and Gibson does well against the tight ends. Jalila Dye took his place, so he'll have to do it. What about Lonnie? What, what if you mix it up a little bit now? You need Lonnie a corner. Lonnie's got to play cover Terrell Williams. He's back. He's 6'4", Lonnie's mm-hmm. 6'2". Lonnie Johnson's playing really well. Maybe it's because he's the only one not playing on one leg. But he just continues to get better, as he should. He's a second-round pick, but they've been missing Terrell Williams who came from Chargers. He's back. I think he's back. The one that I'm interested in in this game is J.J. Watt, who knocked down Brissett six times but didn't sack yep. him. He's going against Trent Williams. 6'8", 380, high-speed offensive tackle in history. And he plays right tackle. He plays right tackle. They kept Colton Miller's last year's left tackle. Their tackles are 6'8". They like him tall. They have a good basketball team. So I can't wait to see – if they want the highest-paid tackle in history to handle Watt one-on-one and see if he can do it, I don't think he can. I think it, J.J. gets into him. You know, he's massive. He's a mauler. The Texans checked on him. Right. When they found out the money he wanted, uh, no. I think he's the highest-paid in history because of the market situation, kind of like when Kirk Cousins was the highest-paid quarterback for 10 minutes. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, I Not that he's a bad player. I kind of think Laramie Tunsil will make more than Trent Brown. I think Tunsil's got a good shot here. We'll see what happens. That's that's the key right there is they have to get to Carr. They they hit Brissette a lot, and Watt said he was so impressed with his toughness. And we know Carr's tough. They've played him, but you can't give him time to throw, and I think they'll do it. Considering the pressure they got on Brissette, with uh, against that great offensive line. And the Raiders have a good offensive line, but they're injured. I think they'll be able to do it. John, you know how many players – so the Texans last faced the Raiders in 2016 twice, Mexico City and here in the playoffs, right? So first time at NRG Stadium in a long time in the regular season, I should say. They were a playoff victim of the Texans. But how many players – trivia question – remain from that Raider team on this squad that played the well, Texans? Well, I'm going to say, since I just read that Gruden has already gotten rid of all but nine players. Yeah, it's five I would five, say five, five or four, something Excellent. like that. Excellent. Five guys remain from that team. Now, that's like a lot of NFL teams. I always make this point that teams flip a lot unless you have some stalwart veterans that hang around for a very long time because they're so good and and – you look at guys like J.J. Watt, Jonathan Joseph. Those are good examples here. Right Whitney off, Merciless, DeAndre Hopkins. Right off the top of my head, besides right. Carr, mm-hmm. I would think uh, Rodney Hudson, the center, Gabe Jackson, offensive lineman. Well, you that's have the two running backs not named Jacobs. You have Richard and, and Washington. Uh, Washington. That's, yep. that's five. There's nobody from that's defense. It. You know they got 12 rookies on their roster and six starting. How about that? Well, they're definitely playing for Vegas, I think. They want to be much more competitive this year, maybe make a run if it's possible. And then you get the feeling they want to be good when they launch in Las Vegas. And, John, a couple of notes on that because, you know, here we are. It's radio. we got some time to stretch out. What's it going to be like in Vegas? Where are teams going to stay? I sure wish we could find out next season, don't you? (laughs) It's a possibility. You never know if you finish in the same spot. Yeah, And there's a good chance the team look at their record. Maybe they could finish like that. And we'd be going to I'd rather face Kansas City because that means you're finishing first, and they're likely to finish first. Although, 
we could say maybe they're not likely to finish first if Mahomes can't get back. I don't back, care he's where the back. Raiders finish first, first or what. I just want to have a road trip to Vegas. Oh, you're not playing the West, I can tell you that. Uh, that's for sure. So anyway, what is that going to be like doing NFL business game day in Las Vegas? Your thoughts? From watching the hockey team, they they try to put on a show like they're on the strip. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing Mark Davis is going to want something similar. Yeah, he's going to want it to stand out. That's better than anything else, and the league will have to approve it, of course. But it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see that. The the stadium in L.A. gets all the attention. I'm not exactly sure why, but I'm, I'm really eager to mm-hmm. see the one in Vegas. It's not going to be as opulent. It's not going to cost. $5 billion like Stan Kroenke's is, but it's going to be a fun road trip. Think about the fans like the traveling Texans. If that schedule comes out and they're on it, they're going to go. Uh, the traveling Texans picture will be in front of the fountains at the Bellagio. That's my prediction. Oh, you're right. That's yeah. that's the – that – trying to think, is there anything else in Vegas that is more Vegas than that? Uh not now. Uh, days gone by, you'd go, actually, in the old, old days, you'd have to go downtown, right? There was really no strip, or the strip was negligible. The, the needle, and you can see everything. Yeah. One time, the Gangster Museum is one of the coolest things. I have not been to. there. You got to go. It's in an old post office building. You spend two, three hours. You know what's funny? They're still the Oakland Raiders for now. They've been away for five weeks. London is a home game. Is so angry about it, and I don't blame him. Yeah. He, by the way, when you talk to him, and I was there when the conference call was going on, and he said anybody who doesn't like Deshaun Watson is a miserable human being, which was funny. Gruden is just one of those guys. You know, We've had examples in professional sports and in the NFL. Vermeil was another one who was in broadcasting, then came back to coach, and he won a Super Bowl. I never thought Gruden was going to come back. I thought enough time had lapsed where – He's just not going to make the move back to the sideline. Bill Cowher, we always thought he would do it. He didn't do it. This is interesting that he's back, and I think that I do miss him in the booth on Monday Night Football. There's no doubt, but it's kind of cool to have him coaching again as well. Do you think that if they'd said, hey, Bill, we'll give you $20 million a year guaranteed, old Bill would have been back? I, you know, yeah, he would have been Probably. Back. I, yeah, but, John, he must have had some really great offers. He Okay, and I'll give you an example. Okay. Bud Adams. Uh-huh. Had a guy, and I know this is true, uh, had a guy call Bob Lamont, Gruden's agent, and offer him $10 million guaranteed for five years. Gruden's million, agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just laughed. And he said, tell Mr. Adams, he said, he's turned down more than that. Wow. He's just not interested. Wow. But he's got total control. It's kind of like yeah. when the Texans get a general manager, I keep telling people this. It's going to be like that. Bill O'Brien's still going to be in charge of personnel. Bill's right. going to be in charge of personnel as long as he's head coach. Anybody comes in with a title, Nick Casario, I don't care. Bill's going to have final say on personnel. So it's going to be a title, in your opinion, not like Mike control. Yeah. And there's others. Sean Payton makes all the decisions in New Orleans. I'm told Pete Carroll does. We all know Belichick does. Mm-hmm. There might be a couple Look, other. Andy Reid. Andy the- Reid, of course, Andy yeah. makes all those decisions. and. Bill O'Brien will too, and I'll say this: I wrote about this last week, and I and but it's a fact. If you look at a lot of these moves that Bill the GM has made for Bill the coach, they've turned out well. Oh yeah. Now they need Conley to mm-hmm. turn out well. Jalen Ramsey and Marcus Peters, the week they were traded, made big plays. They need Conley to make a big play against his former team. 
All right, also on that team, Derek Carr. We mentioned him briefly, but here he is coming back to Houston. And I find this story fascinating. I do. I know the Texans have seen him twice before, and he didn't play in the playoff game here. But he's coming back to Houston, played high school football for Clements and David's little brother. We have all those stories circulating again. I think it's just kind of a neat element of this game, storyline-wise. He was a cute kid. I saw, I remember uh, when during Hard Knocks, they flash pictures of him in the stands here uh, cheering for his brother. And I forgot, you know, he was in junior was he was he in junior high when David first got here. It's hard to believe Derek Carr's grown up and he's a seasoned veteran. Uh, he is a seasoned veteran now, but in 2016, it looked like he was on his way to becoming an elite quarterback. Got and paid like one. Yeah, and now it's not so much there, but we mentioned good completion percentage, and we'll see where the Raiders go from here. Let's hope it's not anywhere, anywhere good this Sunday. John, the Texans, bigger issue. Pre-snap type penalties, they lead the league in false starts. That's not where you want to be leading the league. Or the defensive backfield issues they're having. The false starts are mental. Laramie Tunsil had false starts in Miami, I'm told. He's got to lead the league in false starts right now. He had four penalties in Kansas City, and they won. Those can be taken care of with some discipline. The secondary issues are because of injuries. And truthfully, before they got hurt, they were still getting bombarded by Rivers and Ryan and Mahomes, but they won. They were able to overcome those quarterbacks, except for Breeze. And I don't put Brissette in that category, although everybody's – Sounds like they're ready to put him in the Hall of Fame, but I think the secondary is going to be much tougher to overcome. Yeah, injuries and everything going on there. Plus, they have to stop turning the ball over, right? They did it against Kansas City, lost the turnover battle, won the game. Against the Colts, lost the turnover battle, lost the game, and two turnovers in the fourth quarter. I know Watson's last pick was a fluky, freaky thing, but the second-to-last one was a throw, and he said he can't make that throw. He threw, it, he threw it up in the air. He had a guy in his face. You know, you just don't do that. But you live and learn. You hope he won't do that again. Kiki QT should have held a ball. He didn't. That's the thing about that game. Had he caught that ball with all the issues they had, 27 seconds left, mm. that's even though with no timeouts, you can complete a pass and have a couple shots in the end zone. Absolutely. All right, the general stays with us here on Texans All Access. And coming up, the AFC South, it has tightened up big time. Does it stay that way? We'll ask the general about that and other things in the opening segment. One gigantic hot read presented by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. It's Texans Radio. Keeping you company Thursday evening, Texans All Access, the general in the house, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Hey, we didn't even touch on it in the opening segment, but I know you're a huge Astros guy, and uh, I mean, who is it with the World Series appearance in progress, but not progressing very well. We did actually mention yes, that we the, did. That we the mentioned Texans, it all I wanted to mention. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I'll tell you what we need to mention. What? We need to talk about Bob McNair. Bob McNair winning the Lifetime Achievement Award. He's going to be presented on January 21st, the Hilton America's Houston Sports Award Lifetime Achievement Award. Last year it was George H.W. Bush and his mm-hmm. wife Barbara. The first one was Leslie Alexander. Janice McNair and Cal McNair, one of them, will accept it. I love that event. You go, I go. It's 1,200 people. It's just a great night. With so many Houston celebrities, Patti Smith does a tremendous job. She, she does. Janice Burke and... I can't wait. It's always, to me, one of the fun nights of the year to see all the greatest coaches, players, general managers, owners in our city's history. And Bob McNair brought the NFL back to Houston. As I emphasize 
over and over, we would not have had a team without Bob. Right. Nobody else tried to get a team here except him. Nobody would take on L.A. except Bob. Well, and if he doesn't do it, I don't know what happens here. I mean, do you get the Rams to move here eventually? Does something like that happen? I doubt it. I don't even know if we had a stadium because, you know, Bob had a lot of political clout. Mm -hmm. And And that was the key. He also had a lot of business clout. So he was able to marshal the troops, and he put money in it. People go, oh, tax money, built his stadium. Yeah, long-term auto rental and hotel, motel. He put in about $80 And he got that done. Maybe eventually somebody else would have stepped up. Maybe Tillman Fertitta. I don't know, but maybe later because, and I thought at the time we're going to be the minor league capital, football capital of the world. Wow! Thank goodness for Bob McNair. He took them on for two years, and it sure paid off. It certainly did. All right, Houston Sports Awards coming up in January. All right, more information on that. I'll have Patty on next week or the week after to talk about that some more. All right, let's get to some of the action here. Texans taking on the Raiders, AFC South, hot and heavy matchups because the Colts occupy the top spot in the division now after beating the Texans. They're 4-2, and and they play Denver. And I give the Broncos almost, and I'll say almost, no shot. So it's no shot close to almost no shot. What are your gauges on this one, John. I give him no shot. Okay, no shot. The Broncos are in disarray. There's talks about Elway losing his job. What? Vic Fangio could be in over his head. The Joe Flacco experiment hadn't worked. Drew Locke's not ready. They got problems. That's the biggest thing. I mean, you have Flacco there, but you want Locke to be able to play if things go bad, and they are. So I'll bet you when they come here mm-hmm. in the let's see, 13th game, Drew Locke will be playing. Okay, we'll see how that goes. That final four-game stretch could be uh, interesting for the Texans. Let's just put it that way. Let's see, Drew Locke and then uh, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill and Jameis Winston auditioning for his next job and then Ryan Tannehill again. Yeah, and you'll be at Tampa. And that game could be moved to Saturday, by the way. That's a flexible game right there. Yeah, I'm guessing that's not going to You don't think play. the Leafs you don't want? I don't know what other options the Bucks, they have. Well, the Bucks are terrible, of course. Yeah. All right, let's get to this one now because the Tennessee Titans did get a victory over the Chargers somehow, Barely. and they will host those Buccaneers. I hate the games that the rest of the AFC South has this week. And all of them won other than the Texans on Sunday. Mm. You have Mariota benched. He's running a scout team. He's portraying Jameis Winston in practice for the scout team for the defense. That is really freaky. Jameis Winston, he's, trying, he's not going to – guessing he's not going to be back and so he's he's so inconsistent some weeks he's so talented other weeks he just goes brain dead the game's in nashville i'm taking the titans all right the titans they are tough even when they're not their defense brable has the defense playing really well yep all right let's get to this now the jaguars are going to play the jets in north florida and oh my gosh i mean the Jets looked so horrible against the Patriots, and you have Darnold seeing ghosts. And the week before, they looked pretty good, but I know it's the Patriots. What do you think of that matchup? How in the world did they beat the Cowboys the week before? I, I don't know. Darnold looked good in that game, but Bill Belichick, great game planner, and we still don't really know. We know the Patriots are good. I mean, like, come on. They're good. We just don't know how good they are. We'll are know they... better when they play against Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes. 
All right, will we against Carson Wentz? I don't know. I mean, I guess so. Well, I mean, he's better what they're playing. I, I know. Uh, the only team they've played that's even remotely decent is Buffalo at 5-1, and one, and Josh Allen's nothing special. Do we still not know anything about the Cowboys, really? Because the Eagles are very suspect at this they're point. They're going to win the division. It's a bad division. I guess so. They and haven't the, had a repeat winner in, in, in over a decade. And the Giants with a chance to beat the Cardinals, and they can't do it. The Cardinals have won three in a row with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Who would have thunk it? How about that? You see Kingsbury arriving for the games. I mean, he, I think he kind of likes the cameras. Well, no, he's like he's all decked out. Well, he always is, but you know, he's very, um, he's very metro. Let's I know put it Cliff that way. a little, and I like him a lot. I'm really happy. For I, know, him. I like him too. Taylor got him fired, yeah. and it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to him. How about that? You go to be OC for the USC Trojans for a month, and then all of a sudden you're the head coach of an NFL team. Good for him, and great to have them playing well, and they're going to visit New Orleans. So what about that? And the Saints, by the way, what a coaching job by Sean Payton. To go into Chicago with Teddy Bridgewater and Latavius Murray and just decimate that. No Alvin Kamara, and they beat them up big time. Their defense is great. My preseason pick. Patriots and Saints in the Super Bowl. Patriots win. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I guess you're feeling good. But, again, we don't really know about the Patriots. Browns at New England, John. Can it happen? And, look, you know the Patriots have the largest margin of scoring through seven games in, what is it, 100 years or something? Because it was the 1920, I forget what team it was, darn it. But they played the Canton Bulldogs in week eight, and they lost. The Canton Bulldogs don't exist, but the Browns do, and they're pretty close to Canton. Can they pull off the upset? Oh, of course not. Okay, the key is, can they score? Patriots have given up one touchdown pass. After, yeah. With Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, and if they if they shut the offense down totally, then I'm mm-hmm. going to be a believer. But, man, oh, man, I, they just – Belichick's coaching that defense after yeah. Greg Schiano quit on him after a month after Brian Flores left and went to Miami. It's amazing what they're doing up there. But Browns, is there a more disappointing team than the Browns? Uh, I, I'd have to think about that for a moment, but I'll put them right up there. I, I don't think so. I think the Falcons are pretty disappointing. Uh, yeah, but I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. I actually bought into the hype. Oh, you did. I did. I picked the Browns to win the division. I didn't. I thought 8-8 eight and eight or worse. So. I'm still alive for that. In fact, it might be worse than I thought. Hey, did you ever give me your Jets-Jags pick? Jags. Okay. And you're going to go to London with the Jags riding a streak that got them to 500. And if the Texans happen to lose, oh, my gosh, you have two 500 teams playing overseas. I don't want to see that at all. So let's just hope the Texans they hold got a serve problem. at home. If the mustache keeps winning, how do they put Nick Foles back on the field? You just it's like it, if the Panthers keep winning, how do they put Cam Newton back on the field? John, unless Minshew is really playing well, it's one thing to win, and it's another thing to play really well. And Kyle Allen has won. He had one great game when he mm-hmm. threw four touchdown passes, but Minshew has been throwing the ball. He had one bad game, and they lost two weeks ago. Right. He bounced back. It's up for them to up to them to analyze what Foles could mean to that offense, a healthy Foles. So we'll see how they play it I'm out. I'm sure they won't trade him. We got the deadline coming up on the 29th. Mm-hmm. We've had more trades in your time in history. We're going to have a lot more. But if I, it's interesting to me, Gruden went to London two years ago and got crushed, going like the Texans and the Jaguars. Yep. Then he goes from Indy straight over there and they kill the Bill. Who they beat the Bears? Yeah, he said that there's no question you should go and spend longer to prepare. He said, "I'm not saying that's for every team, but it was for our team." Okay, let's talk about this one. The Bills are in action hosting the Eagles. John, how good is Buffalo? 
One loss to the Patriots. One, they're playing great defense. Their running game's okay. Josh Allen, he's playing okay, but they're finding ways to win. If the Eagles lose this game, mm-hmm. they'll be three and five, and a lot of people pick them to win that division. So, I'm going to say they're going to bounce back from that pathetic performance in Dallas, and they're going to beat the Bills. Wow, on the road in on Western road. New York. Miami let them in halftime. They got booed off the field. Mm, I don't think the Bills are going to falter in this one. I think they You're got probably the right. I think the Bills got this. And three and five in that division might well, not be a death sentence. You need them to lose if you want the Texans to be in the playoffs. They, need, they don't need. Yeah, they another need, wild card mucky They need muck. all the teams mm. that are competing to lose. Do the Chiefs lose for a third straight game at home? They beat Denver on the road, but they lost to the Colts and the Texans, and now they have a home game against the Packers following that win over Denver. What do you think? Everybody's picking the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. He's coming off a six-touchdown performance, including five-throwing. Matt Moore, all mm-hmm. these backup quarterbacks have been playing well. I picked, I think, Matt Moore to lead the Chiefs to an upset victory. John, after the Seattle Seahawks lost last week. Still can't believe it. To Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, and boy, are they a difficult puzzle to solve sometimes, although the Browns beat them in their place, which is just weird at this point. But all the MVP talk about Russell Wilson. You have Lamar Jackson in the conversation. Deshaun Watson, some people put him up in these polls last week. And after this uh, loss to Indy, well, let's just hold off for a minute. I think it's pretty much a wide-open deal. Of course, they're still number 12 playing in New England. Not an incredible clip as far as the numbers go, but, hey, he's the starting quarterback on an undefeated team. What do you think? It is really, really hard at this point on that MVP race to go against Aaron Rodgers. Who would have thought they'd been that good in Matt LaFleur's first season, especially with all that controversy to get along, Aaron didn't want to play his system, Rodgers wanted to call the plays. And it can change weekly. Yep. Um, I saw a stat this week from Pro Football Focus about the two quarterbacks most inaccurate beyond 10 yards. Number one, Sam Darnold, and he hadn't played a lot. Number two, Lamar Jackson. Well, yeah, he, if you can, you have to stop him running. He's on an all-time record pace for rushing yards, as are the Ravens. You mm-hmm. stop the run. See, I don't know what the Texans are going to do, but they're good against the run, so maybe they could contain him and force him to throw. We'll see when we get there. Uh, cross that bridge, as they say, when you get there. And they're going to cross the pond next week. But the matter at hand, the Raiders on Sunday. General, what do you have going on in the Chronicle? I'm writing about uh, their great run defense. is even better than when they had Jadeveon Clowney. And I know Aaron Wilson has written about – he's going to write about Kenny Stills. He wrote about Laramie Tunsil. I had a column today, Mark, about the two running games. They're among the top teams in the league in rushing. They're among the top ten, ten – among the leading teams against the run. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch both these teams Sunday try to establish a line of scrimmage. All right. Thank you, General. Thank you very much, Mark. If the Texans score two or more touchdowns, head to your closest Jack in the Box the next day for your free Texans Jumbo Jack with a large drink purchase. Don't forget about that deal. All right. It's going to be John Harris joining us next here on Texans Radio as we'll play More Likely to Happen and also Sports Psychology, the topic for Houston Methodist Minutes. You don't want to miss this. Like, what if you're in a hitting slump? You don't want to miss this. It's Texans Radio. We're making it a thing. It's Texans All Access, and the thing is a segment we do with John Harris every Thursday at this time, and I'm really looking forward to tonight because we are integrating other sports into the mix, and it's called More Likely to Happen. More Likely to Happen. Johnny, first of all. Okay. 
Last night was a difficult night for Houston sports fans. Ooh. Yeah, it really was. Oh, man. It was. And uh, my first of these. More likely to happen. Would be this. What is more likely to happen this weekend? And this is going to take a while, maybe. Okay. AFC South sweep or the Astros at least come home for the series ending, however it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that means they got to win two out of three. Right. In D.C. Right. in order to get the series home. Let me give you the AFC South games. Texans take on the Raiders here at NRG Stadium. Okay. The Colts host the Broncos, which on paper does not appear to be that difficult. Right. The Jaguars are hosting the Jets, who were just pummeled by the Patriots, but they are capable of better, I would think, but the Jags are at home. Mm-hmm. And the other one would be your Tennessee Titans, not your, but their Tennessee Titans hosting the Tampa Bay. I'm not sure who they are, but I don't think they're that good. Buccaneers. So, what do you think here? AFC South sweep versus the Astros coming home to end the series, which is more likely to happen. AFC South games are the toughest one is this one against the Raiders. That's the Mm -hmm. toughest one. Because the Raiders already beat an AFC South team that just beat you, the Colts. Mm. I am so tempted to say the AFC South because it feels like those – Four games. I think the AFC South is favored in all of them. I believe. I would think because so. Tennessee's at home, Indy's at home. Everybody, all the AFC South teams are at home. Yep. But I do think that I do think the Astros are going to go up and win two. But I'm probably mm. more confident in the fact. It's more likely. It doesn't mean you think both won't happen or right. both will happen. It's more just likely with- to happen is the AFC South wins all four. Okay. There it goes. It didn't four. take as long as I thought it could take. I just think of those teams. The Bucks, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Jets. Whoa. Okay. This Raiders game, I'm, I'm nervous about. I mean, of the four, that's the most difficult one, I think. But the other three, the Jags, even though the Jags have, I mean, they're three and four, Titans three and four, I think they're going to house both the Bucks and the Jets. Really? The Jets it's, are a mess right now. They I are, don't want it to be, but yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. That was painful Monday night. That was so painful. It was bad for the league. I haven't even talked about this, Mark. I think I think whoever was in charge on ESPN, Monday Night Football, NFL Films, whomever, they did Sam wrong. That was not oh, cool. Oh, with the I'm seeing ghosts? Should've never, that should have yeah. never been on the air. Never should have gotten there. Never should have gotten in the air. That If you want to betray trust in coaches and players with the mic'd up yep. stuff, like, hey, we want to mic you up. Nope. We'll find you. Fine. Find me. Right, it, like that's the one way that you're going to do it, mm-hmm. betraying their trust, and that I mean, was a huge betrayal of trust. Florio made a point. Well, it's going to be pretty boring if all you ever get from mic'd up is like "let's go, guys" or whatever. But you know what? What? Hey, what are some of the more famous? And I know I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent here, but it's Tangent Radio six ten. So, what are some of the more famous mic'd up moments in the history of this league? Right. Let's matriculate the ball down the field. Right. Okay. Well, uh, you know, it just popped into my mind. They're killing me, Whitey. They're killing me. Right. Now, you wouldn't want that on either, but that's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's that's probably one that, looking back, you're like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have put that one out there. But, but it was, Lawrence, it's good, though. Lawrence Taylor's, you better hope I don't get back in now. I'm going to kick your... Oh, no, let's go out there like a bunch of crazed dogs. Right. That's go. maybe his most famous one. Right. Those aren't... Those, though, aren't... Those are more kind of motivational ploy... Right. Let's get going, but you remember. But you remember. They're those. memorable. JJ Watt. If you mess with me, you got problems. Right. Beautiful. Those, those are fun. Those and are you're fun. not giving away any game plan or making anybody look bad. Absolutely. 
But when you when you have him saying, "Yeah, I'm seeing ghosts out there," you, I mean, immediately, yep. I would have been like, "Do not play mm-hmm. that. Don't play that." I can't believe you didn't get to this. You had all of last night to talk about it. No, I, I mean, I had, <laughs> you were I had busy. So many other things that you know we had going on that it really I mean, even even uh, even replay. I thought about. I didn't even think about it for replay, but yeah, I mean, I could have talked. But I just wasn't sure. Wasn't thinking about it until you, until you kind of brought up the Jets. I just felt like that was, and I hate that because I love NFL films. I love the mic'd up stuff. Mm-hmm. I love to hear from the players, but a lot of the stuff that I love to hear from the players is a conversation that maybe the players are having. You know about something funny, right? Or man, that dude's a bad man. You see that catch? Yeah, he did mm-hmm. this. I mean, that. And of course, the football stuff. But I just feel like when a guy is, he's when a guy is sitting on the sidelines and he is kind of recounting his errors. I don't know that I want to hear that on mic'd up. Yeah, I know it's a great quote, but you're right. I think it was going a little bit too far. Yeah. All right. Next, more likely to happen. Okay. More uh, likely to happen. Yeah. This is. More likely to happen, winning the turnover battle on Sunday for the Houston Texans. I'll, I'll go like this, even or winning. So it's okay. even or plus. Okay. Or the Rockets beat Milwaukee on opening night, which is more likely to happen. The Rockets will open their season against the Bucks. Very good team, Johnny. Yeah. I mean, you look at that Eastern Conference, the Bucks are still going to be right there. The Bucks are, if not the number one team, they're one of the top two, three teams, and um, the Rockets are, you could say, in the West, top three, four. I mean, it's it's a pretty even matchup. The you know Raiders, I- if anything, have not turned teams over all that much. I think the Raiders are minus three in turnover margin. Yeah, they're not taking the ball away. They're not taking the ball away. They're not giving it up much, Right. but they're not taking it away much. But I do think if there's one thing after last week that Bill O'Brien has, has harped with his offense, it is – Take care mm-hmm. of the football. I mean, he sat in here again in, with us after the Falcons game, and like, look, we're not the greatest show on turf, but we're putting it on the on the turf five times. Right, we can't do that. So I think there's been more of an emphasis on that. I do think the Rockets beat the Bucks, but I think that the Texans will come out. I think it's more likely that the Texans will come out even or ahead and turn See, up about. You're playing the game with such skill now, such skill. Yes. Next. Yes. More likely to happen. More likely to happen. The Texans go to the AFC Championship game. Oh, boy. I don't know if they win, but they get there. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Or the Astros win the World Series. (laughs) More (laughs) likely to happen. Now, both could happen. Both could happen. Which is more likely to happen? Now, what is it? Three teams have won the World Series after being down 0-2, right? Yeah. In history, and it hasn't happened since 96, I want to say. In 86, it happened with the Mets, because I remember that one well. Yeah, because the Red Sox were up. You know where I lived. It happened in 77 with the Yankees over the Dodgers. They were down 2-0 to the Dodgers, I believe, and then the Yankees won four straight. So... It's possible. No, it's possible. And, and it's possible could... the Texans get to the AFC Championship game, of course. And I'm, I'm not even asking them to win it or win the Super Bowl. I'm saying... They get to the AFC Championship game, or the Astros come back and win this series, which is more likely to happen. I think just having seen a lot of teams in the AFC up close already, seeing the Chiefs, seeing the Colts, seeing the Chargers, us, mm-hmm. haven't seen the Patriots yet, but no obvious what the Patriots have, or watching them on film or watching them on TV and games. I've seen pr- pretty much every AFC team. I think the Texans are second, third best at this point. So I could conceivably say, look, they get on a run, 
run a bunch of games, get a bye. All you got to win is one game. The Astros got to win four, and they've got to win two of these three on the road. Here's why I'm going to say the Astros. Oh! Here's why I'm going to say the Astros. Okay. Because they're right there. They're already there. They're already there. Now, (laughs) they've... They've got to come back. They're going to face Strasburg. They're going to end up facing uh, Scherzer. They're going to face both of those guys again. How about this lineup? Never mind those guys. I mean, the Astros will have their top two going again if they can extend the series. But, but this lineup is just sort of dinking and dunking. And like, I mean, the big inning they had was just a bunch of you know slow rollers and balls not hit all that and well. And Astros not fielding well. Right. So if those things start to even out, yeah. you get two. Mm-hmm. In Washington, you come back down. Now you got to win Game Six, but you're back in your own building. You know who hopefully... the Nats remind me of, spirit wise, the Astros. Yeah, they do. That's they good... they're they're loose. Yep. They're playing with precision. They're playing with joy. I don't. I don't think the Astros are tight. I look at the dugout. They don't seem tight. They're just not executing. No, and they're not. I I don't think the Astros are playing with that kind of joy and enthusiasm. Oh, really? I, are I, they feeling it at the watch, plate? Just watching them, it just looks like kind of mm. that. That hey, we had home runs. We kind of you know do our thing in the dugout. It just feels like they've got to kind of like I've said about the Texans' offense. I've said this about Texans' offense. They've got to play with walk a flock of flame in their head. Like mm-hmm. it's a party. Yeah, yeah. Like they got to play. Like, and I think the Astros have got to play that way. And I know going up to Washington, they're feeling down down o two. But that actually, you know what? I I don't want to say I like them being down o two, but. At this point, what do you got to lose? Let it hang loose. Yeah. You're facing some really good pitchers over the next few days, so let it hang loose. What All do you right. got to worry about? I know you're playing at home. There's a lot of pressure, but I'm going to say the Astros just because they're already there. Okay. And you would then, going to the AFC Championship game, you'd be expecting the Texans to do something that they've never done. So I'm going to roll the Astros on that one. Fair enough. By the way, this segment unofficially presented by Texans Pick'em, which is on the app, and you can play and win prizes on game day or other times. So go to the Texans app, download it if you don't have it. All right, one more. Okay. More likely to happen. And this is a pretty quick one. John Gruden or Bill Belichick? More likely to retire from coaching first. For Gruden, I'll just call it his next retirement. So, does Gruden hang in there with the Raiders longer than Belichick hangs out with the Patriots? I think watching Gruden in the locker room in London, Mm -hmm. you could tell that he enjoys the heck out of this team. Okay. He enjoys coaching this team. Really, really enjoys it. And he's going to want to see it through to Vegas and then some. He definitely wants to see it through to Vegas. I don't think there's any question in that. I... I worry about – I mean, with Gruden, the thing is – I'm actually going to say that it's more likely that Gruden does retire first because Gruden has seen the other side. Yep. He knows what the other side is, and the other side is, hey, I can, go back, in, I can go back in a booth and I'll be okay. He knows what his future can be, whereas Belichick's like, all I've ever done in my life is coach mm-hmm. and be around football. So what's the other side? Now, he can think about, well, yeah, the media – but. When you don't know what that other side is, you're probably more tempted to stay. You know what? I'm just going to stay doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. until I die. Love it. But at least Gruden, you can see the other side of it. So I would say Gruden would be more likely to retire first. Even though he likes his team and likes it a lot, mm-hmm. he'll see it through to uh, Las Vegas. But I think Belichick will be around uh, for a while. He doesn't need to financially or anything like that. But I just think a football guy stays a football guy because you fear what can happen on the other side. Thank you, Johnny. You got it, Mark.
All right, now let's transition into Houston Methodist Minutes. Sports psychology, I love this topic. Joining us is Dr. Alicia Robichaux from Houston Methodist. And, Doctor, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. All right, well, let's talk about sports psychology now. And give me an example of athletes that you might be working with or have worked with, some of the issues you work on with athletes to help them perform better. Athletes of different sports have all sorts of different issues. Sometimes there's confidence issues when they've you know, either struck out or they've been unable to golf or they've been unable to complete a, a set of goals, whether it's gymnastics or golf or baseball or basketball. And so a lot of times um, we get in our own way, and, and minor athletes as well as elite athletes have these problems. And, and you hear about this all the time, especially in things like golf where we use visual imagery and other things. But a lot of times... We just kind of get in our own way, and nobody is immune to that. What's a way to get out of your own way? Because I play golf, for instance, and I notice that when I'm hitting the ball well, yes, confidence ensues, and it builds upon itself. But some days when you're not hitting the ball well, well, it's just hard to get it going right. So what is that? Why does that happen, and is that about practicing technique, or is it really mental training that you need? It's actually both. Um, you know, Visual imagery and positive affirmations are – are kind of some of those hokey things that are always really, really effective. Um, and and they do work quite well. So just, you know, for a gymnast, we, we have them picture their bar routine doing it perfectly, and we have them picture their vault or their floor routine perfectly. For golfers, we picture what the, the perfect stance would look like, how they would swing the ball, how their backswing and forward swing would be, how their visual imagery of where the ball goes is. Um, baseball players do the same thing. And, and those visual images often help take your practice that you do on the field or in the gym, make it a reality. So, you know, if you dream it, if you visualize it, if you know it, if you feel confident in it, then usually those things do become more commonplace and, and the less of your own usual interference will get in your own way. You like to say don't compare. Don't compare your performance with other athletes who may or may not do things differently or better. What about that part of it? That's always hard. You know, we watch ourselves when we're playing golf or when we're, you know, hitting in the batting cages or we're doing other things. Um, and we watch how somebody has some sort of effort and they, you know, they would hit what looks like a home run or, you know, a 200-yard golf hit. And, and a lot of times what works for you may not work for someone else. So sometimes putting the blinders on, knowing your own talents, knowing what makes you work is really very important and, and believing in your own self-ability. So, you know, this is what I do. I practice this way. I, I repeat it during game time. I give myself the confidence that I've worked hard, that I've done the job. Now it's time to perform. But if you're busy looking at section A to your left and section B to your right, sometimes we we get nervous. We we picture what they're doing and we try and mimic it and then everything you've trained in that mental game has gone away and, and it doesn't work for you what they do next to you. Excellent stuff. Thanks so much for joining us, Doctor. We appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Dr. Alicia Robichaux of Houston Methodist. For the fall sports season, Houston Methodist Orthopedics and Sports Medicine is hosting sports injury clinics on Saturday for student-athletes all over the greater Houston area. Designed to get you back in the game, keep your athlete moving. For more information on locations and hours, visit HoustonMethodist.org slash athlete. The official health care provider of the Houston Texans, Houston Methodist.
leading medicine. All right, that's going to do it for the show tonight. want to thank everyone who worked on it. John McClain, thank you. Brian in the studio, thank you, John Harris. And I had a great time tonight. I don't know about you, but I did. Let's get ready for tomorrow night. Bill O'Brien on the show. Darren Fells on the show. It's going to be fun. Hosted by Johnny. Have a great night, everyone. And go Astros. Go Texans.